I want to talk about being uncomfortable today and uh, not just being uncomfortable, but actually encouraging discomfort in our life. So we're going to talk about what discomfort means to me according to how I want to talk to you guys about it. Um, and then talk a little bit about my own journey and sort of like inviting discomfort into my life, which sounds like a weird concept. Um, but I want to start first with a story about my body. So <laughs> that sounded weird. Sorry. <laughs> Um, since I was young, uh, I've had a fairly bad back, not like extreme case or anything, but um, it's been a constant nuisance for me. So I did gymnastics when I was younger and I actually had to quit when I was about, I think I was like 11, um, because I started having back issues. And I'm actually pretty tall for gymnastics, so probably wouldn't have lasted anyways. But um, ever since then, I've kind of just, you know, had seasons where it's better or seasons where it's worse, but it's kind of always been an issue that I've had to be conscious of. Um, and a few years ago, sort of at the same time that God gave me this assignment I'm going to talk to you about, um, I went into this like magical magician of a man, um, a physical therapist, and I actually went in to work on my knee, and he was like, did miracle work on that. And then I was like, oh, by the way, like I've always had a bad back. You know, do you have any suggestions for me or things that I could work on that would help it? So he evaluated me, um, and then he started having, I don't know if I can do this with my mic thingy on, but he started having me do this thing where I would um, support my lower back, and then I would actually arch as far as I could and breathe through it, oh, which, when you're not used to that position, feels really uncomfortable. And so I had actually thought back in my life, that was a position I had actively avoided because it felt uncomfortable. Um, so even like in yoga, I love yoga. Um, they have like positions like called cobra where you would lay on the floor and you'd push up in that and I'd always be like, oh, I'll just lay here because <laughs> that feels really uncomfortable. And so I was questioning him. I was like, well, I've always avoided this position because it feels so uncomfortable. And he was like, well, um, he gave me this little, it's called the little back book, which if you have back issues, I highly recommend it. Um, and he talked about how our back is naturally built with a curvature at the bottom of our spine. So when you look at anyone standing in a healthy position, they actually have a curvature at the bottom of their spine. But in our modern society and with most of our day-to-day -day life, like you all probably currently are, we sit where our spine is not in its natural position, and we take the curvature away from our spine. So by doing things like stretching it even further than we would naturally, it's actually stretching us back into our original design. <laughs> so when we talk about discomfort today, that's kind of like the main theme is that using discomfort to stretch us back into how we were designed to be in a healthy state. So God used that example, um, as well as a few other examples, basically to tell me like, hey, discomfort does not always mean something bad. So open your eyes and, you know, open your hands and let opportunities come in where we can walk through discomfort together and let me work in you. Um, so a couple things to clarify first when I talk about discomfort in this message. If you are on like a spectrum from like, utter comfort to like total agony and right smack in the middle is like neutral you're just like meh nothing good or bad I'm just like eh. Um, we're talking about that section like right below neutral right so we're not talking about pain we're just talking about like ooh, it's just kind of uncomfy um I'm taking the yoga class with Ash um she's been doing it for five six weeks whatever it's been and she said something in our last class that I thought was so great because we're all sped around the room and we're constantly encouraged to breathe in yoga you're supposed to be keeping healthy breathing and we're all like going into this new stretch and she's challenging us and then she goes if it's a painful enough that you have to hold your breath then just like back off a little bit and I was like oh that's like a perfect picture for like the level I'm talking about God's not inviting us into like putting ourselves into pain but that it's okay to go through a little bit of discomfort, especially with a healthy, if it's aimed towards a healthy outcome. Um, 
And then also, I'm specifically talking about discomfort by choice. So we live in a broken world, a world that throws all kinds of yucky stuff our way. Um, But this process I'm currently talking about is the discomfort that we actively decide to enter into. So it's discomfort by choice. Um, And then although my back example was a physical example, we're actually talking about what emotional discomfort is. So that state of uneasiness, when you feel uneasy inside. Okay? All right. Disclaimer's done. That's to my husband, because he always says I disclaim everything. You're welcome. Um, So why do I want to talk about intentional discomfort? I felt like a few years ago, um, God was sort of challenging me in a healthy way and bringing me um, to this place of acknowledging that I had been uh, avoiding things in my life because they were uncomfortable. So like an opportunity would come up and I would like kind of like tip my toe and like, ooh, that's uncomfy. And then I'd like retreat. And then I'd like have another opportunity and I'd like tip and like, that just feels uncomfortable, and I just would like cowardly back away and just avoid it altogether. And I feel like the encouragement he was giving me when I was backing out of things was, I have more for you. I have more for you, and you're not allowing me to work it through in you by avoiding it altogether. I have more for you. So I was like, okay, well, more sounds good, and I love you, and I think you love me, so that means that probably the more is good things, So let's go on this journey together. Um, So I also want to say that God would not call us into harmful discomfort. If you're checking in with God and you're feeling like he's putting an assignment in your life where he's saying like, ooh, let's go through this and be a little uncomfortable together, that it's going to be leading towards something good, that I have more for you, it's going to be for a healthy thing. And if you're unsure about it, if you feel like you have something entering into your life and you're like, ooh, it's uncomfortable, but I'm trying to kind of wrestle with, is it like worth overcoming or is it like alerting me to something that would be damaging or hurtful? Um, I always recommend checking with God first. That's just like, our faith we believe in is like our life is always asking God. Um, and then talking to at least one friend about it. Because you either will hear something clearly from God and that's good. It's still healthy to like talk to other people about what you're hearing from God in your life and what you're working through in your life. Or we might run into asking God and not feeling like we hear a clear answer. And our friends are such wonderful resources, people that you trust in your life where you can kind of discuss with them and let them ask you questions and let them pray over you or just kind of be in that uncomfortable space and be patient with you. Um, so that would, I would always um, recommend first. And then I kind of already touched on this, but like just as an informational piece, is the discomfort something that's from the kingdom? Is it from the kingdom or not? Is it from God or not? Meaning, is intentionally overcoming it is it going to result in further healing and unity either within yourself or with other people? Or is it just going to cause further damage and hurt? Because that would kind of give you a a pretty good distinction between is God calling me into this or is he not? Okay? So after deciding whether or not there were certain things in my life that were like a healthy discomfort, um, then the next question was, why does it make me uncomfortable? Why does something make you feel uneasy inside? And there's going to be a whole array of different answers for everybody. Everybody's super individual in here. Some people like skydiving is like, yeah, let's do it. And like for me, that's like, oh my God, I would rather just like die. <laughs> like I'm just sure I'm going to die if I skydive. So I'd rather just do it down on the earth and be down here for some reason. <laughs> like that's better somehow. So we're all going to be in this huge array of what makes us uncomfortable. But I think there's some universal... Um, kind of commonalities that we might run into. So one being a personal value system. So not necessarily like a faith or a religion, although that could be part of it, 
But I mean like what we're born with and then what we develop as people in terms of what we value most in life. If we have our list of priorities, what do you list as priority one or two? Or what's like your very last priority, right? I know a big difference between my husband and I. Oh, well, she's not in the room now. Um, he is very goal-driven and very um, efficiency-based, and he really likes to move and shake and make things happen. Um, I'm like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. You know, like I, I like achieving things. That's great, but like it's not my main driver. Um, I really care about like accuracy. I really like if I'm gonna do something, then I want to make sure that I do it right, and I want to make sure that I have the accurate information in order to do that thing. So that will always, for me, trump just getting something done. So what does that mean in terms of like all of us have different priority lists, right? I could point to any one of you, and if you were, if I was to ask the question like, what's your first priority and like what you value, most likely there's going to be like maybe however many people there are, different answers in this room, right? So what does that mean? It means that as we're acting in the world and we're behaving and interacting with one another, our behaviors are bumping into each other all the time because your priority is not my priority and so we're pushing, da 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 and so we're bumping into each other all the time. And bumping into each other feels uncomfortable. So um, the verse that came to mind for me was Philippians 4.19 which says, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in the glory of Christ. Which basically, like, for what I'm talking about, I ingested is like, I can't expect you to behave in a way that fills my needs. I just can't expect it of you. We're all imperfect. We will all fail one another, probably not on purpose. But it's not even how we were designed to function. We were designed to function to be supplied and have God be our ultimate source and look to him for our needs. So, okay, that's it. Um, the next thing that might cause discomfort is what uh, we call presuppositions. So presupposition is a truth that's formed from past experience. So you can have healthy presuppositions or you can have unhealthy presuppositions. And an unhealthy presupposition basically equates to a lie that you have now inherited in your life as reality. So you're walking around with some presupposition inside of you that's a lie according to the kingdom of God. But you're acting it out as a reality in your life. And that's uncomfortable because God didn't design us to walk around in lies. He designed us to walk around in truth and in empowerment and in hope and all of the positive things. The lies are from the other camp that we don't like. But because we're not designed to function that way, living in a lie feels uncomfortable, even if we don't know what the source of that lie is. We may be walking around and feeling uncomfortable and we can't even pinpoint what it is, but it still just feels uncomfortable. And maybe it's not until later on that you discover what that lie is is in your life. Um, And then the last one, unfortunately, is that sometimes we're just selfish. (laughs) Sometimes we just are so unable to trust that God will take care of us, that we're just convinced that we have to take care of ourselves. And so we put our needs, our wants, our comfort, what's the, what's the word? Comfort ahead of others in order to take care of ourselves. And then the verse that came to mind for me for that in the, the trump card for that would be John 15, 12, 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And I love the phrase that he laid down his life for his friends. And I don't think that is asking us to like lay down like a doormat so other people can walk on us. I think it's like laying down your rights and laying down your need to take care of yourself because you're walking in trust that as you take care of others, 
God takes care of you. But when we're walking around selfish, it's like this weird conundrum where even though you think you're taking care of yourself, it just gets uncomfy because you're only focused on you. And again, it's not how we were designed to function. And so it's just like, meh. So one important note that I wanted to uh, input right here is that when you're kind of walking through the assignment of inviting discomfort into your life, it has to be on God's timing. It can't be according to what other, other people say you need to fix. Like they like look at you and you're like, ooh, I've noticed that like um, you have this weak spot and I really need you to work on that, right? Well, either one, God is not calling us into that because maybe it's not the time. Maybe we don't have the resources available for us to like healthily walk through that. Or maybe he's just not concerned about whatever it is that other person is bringing to light. So we always have to ask God for his timing, not according to other people's timing. Because otherwise you're just basically performing for somebody else. And it may not even really be for the betterment of all of us, right? Okay. So I kind of wanted to blow through that. I hope that kind of felt like a blow through. Because I really just wanted to get to the victory part. (laughs) I really just want to talk about, like, what does it look like when we get to overcome the discomfort, right? Um, So my biggest example of this, uh, since this kind of got addressed for me in my life, um, was becoming a teacher, So I got to be a teacher for five years out um, in Junction City, and they're some of the most fond memories I have um, in my life. I feel like I grew so much as a person. I learned so much as an individual. And I got to work in a classroom with hundreds of students and play an impact in their life. And I actively tried to do that as positively as I could. Of course, like we're all human, so it wasn't perfect, I'm sure. Um, but it was like the joy of my life to get to go to work every day and get to laugh with my students and encourage my students and re- just get to know them just for the sake of getting to know them, not to like get to anything. And then on top of that, I got to like invest in them and give resources that they could use for life. So for me, it was like ultimate all the yays, right? I got to just like yay all day. I mean, slash it was also really hard and exhausting, and it's like a really, really hard job, and I would like spend a lot of time crying because I was so exhausted, but <laughs> it was also amazing and wonderful and all the good things, okay? Um, but it wasn't always like that. So when I look back, um, ever since I was like from second grade moving forward, I can only ever remember wanting to be a teacher. My mom talks about it like from the time I was, whatever second grade is, like seven. I only ever talked about wanting to be a teacher. And so the reason for me, the motivation for me for going to school, other than like I just liked getting good grades, was that I wanted to become a teacher and so I knew I had to go through all those steps. And then one day I get to graduate school, which is like pretty far down the road when you think of it. Um, And I realized that teaching is in front of people. What? Like, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, I have to, like, get in front of people and talk every day? Like, ooh, I didn't really think that one through. I was very into the theory. I was less into the practical side of things. And so when I got to my student teaching, um, my first student teaching where I actually taught lessons was at Kennedy Middle School, and I was teaching seventh grade, and they were adorable. And um, I was nauseous every day. I only had to teach one class. I was nauseous every day. I was anxious. I couldn't sleep at night. I was spending hours and hours on lessons. And then I might like be a little bit right now, but when I'm uncomfortable, I have a blush that like starts from somewhere in the heart region and then just slowly consumes my entire face. (laughs) So basically I taught every day of my classes with like a beet red face Um, to the point that I'm not exaggerating to the point that I even one day like four weeks down the road after teaching, had this sweet girl come up to me and go, oh, Miss Prue, you weren't even that red today. I was like, aw, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so 
It was really, really uncomfortable to begin with, right? I had to like work through all of these anxieties, but I felt really called and really passionate about becoming a teacher. And so it felt worth it to me to work through and invest and invite that discomfort in order to let God work in my soul and work with me to get over that to basically become who I believed I was supposed to be in terms of like a profession. I, I really believed I was meant to be a teacher. So it required me being willing to persevere through that discomfort while leaning on God and leaning on friends in order to allow him to work me through it. So why endeavor in what I'm calling like intentional discomfort? You know, what does growing through this discomfort bring us? Well, the first thing I think it brings us is it matures our soul. It does a lot of really good stuff on the inside. And when we think about like the eternal part of us, you know, we believe that that's our soul. Our body is going to one day die, sad, but our soul gets to live. So wouldn't it be great if we invested in maturing it and growing it and creating it as healthy as possible for what's then going to last us for eternity? Um, and when I think of maturity, I had somebody describe maturity in our soul as um, becoming more adaptable. So as you mature in your soul and as you become closer to God and trust in him further, you become more and more adaptable to your life. You're able to take a surprise and handle it with grace. You're able to look at something scary and <clears throat> learn how to be brave. But you basically just become this person that can walk through life and whatever person you might be interacting with, whatever task might be given to you, that you just become more and more adaptable because you're more and more closer to God and your soul has been kind of worked out and matured that way. So I love that picture. And then the other thing is that um, relatively close to the same time that I felt like this assignment was given to me, um, God gave me this really powerful image. And I've been practicing and practicing how to explain it, and I just don't know if I can give the words to it, but I'm going to do my best. So just use your imagination with me. Um, he gave me this image of what if everyone, like even just thinking about this room, what if all of us were constantly walking around in a state of empowerment? What if we were all constantly empowered and walking around and getting to interact? Instead of all of this like bumping, what if we got to like, by interacting with one another, like it made you shine more and it encouraged you further and it built you up and we were constantly walking around in that state of empowerment? Oh, I have to cough. How do I do that? <coughs> um, <laughs> um, so when I think of empowerment, I think of it as this divine authority to be exactly who you are. Nothing more. Exactly who God designed you to be. What if you got to walk around and got to live in your best version of yourself? So when I think of why I walk through this intentional discomfort, I think it's just helping us get one step closer. It's helping us break down one more wall that keeps us from allowing God to help us become the best version of who we were meant to be. Okay, so I realized along my journey that by me avoiding things that made me uncomfortable, I was hindering God's ability to work in my soul which also meant I was limiting my own opportunities to lean on him and need him more, right? Because when we're comfy and cozy, we still need God. We always need God, but we often are less aware of our need for God. And I think when we allow discomfort and we allow ourselves to stretch a bit, and it just really brings to notice how much we need him and it allows us opportunities to lean on him more. I also realized that I was hindering his ability to serve other people through me. 
Like, I think back now, and I, it, like, makes me feel really sad if I think too heavily about if I had not been willing to overcome my discomfort about teaching and speaking in front of people, I wouldn't have gotten to talk, like, or what's the word, teach all those years and get to impact and relate with and live in that, like, happy place with all of those students, which is, like, one of the most powerful things I've gotten to experience in my life. So I also think... Um, when we avoid the discomfort, we're limiting others from benefiting from who we are, who God designed us to be, the gifts he gave us, the talents, even just the emotions, like if you're a really compassionate person or maybe a really passionate person or, you know, fill in the blank for you personally, we end up hindering other people from getting to experience um, our best self and who God made us to be. So essentially I was landing at, I was hindering the world by hindering myself. And that made me really uncomfortable. (laughs) So um, in the best way possible, it's just my encouragement. Um, I've been using it as uh, to fuel my choices and to aid my growth. To not just look at discomfort and immediately assign it as bad. But to look at discomfort and, and ask first, is this a healthy thing? Is this an opportunity for kingdom growth? And if it is, why is it making me uncomfortable? And God, can you help me walk through it? Because I want to get one cl- step closer to who you originally decide, designed me to be. And then using that design to then get to bless the other people in my life.